BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish Podcast for Independent Minds. I think you're going to love today's poll question at Smirkanish.com. There was only one subject that we could determine was worthy, right? By his own account, Ron DeSantis broke the internet last night. The issue that I've framed is this. Was it a sign of his strength or was it just a shit show? And that is today's poll question. Nobody else is going to put it in those terms, but that's the issue. I have to tell you from the get-go that I felt for the Florida governor last night, and I will remind you now as to why. First of all, in my case, uh, I made sure that I was listening, made sure that I was, well, I was trying to listen. I was on my back patio. It was 6 o'clock, the called-for time, and truth be told, for about 10 minutes, I thought it was me. You know, found myself summoning one of my sons like, hey, make sure I'm doing this right. Feeling like the uh, the old geezer. And then I looked at comments online and I realized, no, they are having a major fail. So as Politico points out, for 20 minutes or so, there were false starts. There was dropped audio, strange hold music, not a peep from DeSantis. Twitter's teams did no advance prep for the launch According to the New York Times, how can that be? At one point, a disembodied voice was heard making a grim assessment. This is going to be a stain that Trump is going to leverage for at least a few weeks. If you missed it, this is what parts sounded like. All right. Sorry about that. We we've got so many people here that I think we are. We are uh, kind of melting the servers. And now three minutes later. See, I think we're back online here. Two minutes later. Oh, great. Oh. Um, all right. Well, it's certainly uh, an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement. Ten minutes later. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, can, are you there? Can you hear us? I think you're I'm right, here. I know. I think I think you broke the Internet there. We had over half a million people in one Twitter space and it was growing. Look, I I have like heart palpitations even listening to it because there was there was a time in my life where the radio program that I was hosting, as is the dream of anybody who gets behind a microphone, or at least it was back in the day to be syndicated. You know, you work your way into a big market and ego consumes you, or at least it did me. And you decide, 
I've got the skill set. And if I'm reaching this large market, then why shouldn't I be reaching the entire country? And I got my wish, but there were strings attached to it. One of them was that initially I was I was being heard at night when I was delivering a program earlier in the day. And the way to make it work because of studio space being limited was to have some very sophisticated wiring installed in my house. It cost me a personal fortune. It cost me exactly what they were paying me to host this syndicated program. T1 lines. Yeah, I had ISDN lines. That's not a big deal coming into the house. But I had T1 lines running into my suburban home. And still, there were issues. And there's nothing like the feeling of knowing that you've got a lot of people who are tuned in and you can't deliver. And it just looks horrific. But that's not what I was thinking of last night. What I was thinking of last night is that a couple of years ago, and you're going to remember this, some of you who've been with me for a while on Sirius XM and, and are hardcore listeners, and for that I thank you, you'll remember. A couple of years ago, I had a sponsor that ran Internet-based meetings. They were really nice people, and, and I continue to believe that they have a really good product within the last week. I participated in a Zoom-like call. It's not Zoom per se, but a Zoom-like meeting, and it was hosted by this same company. And so when, when we go into a remote mode because of the onset of COVID, they became an advertiser of mine. I was thrilled to recommend them. I valued the relationship. And when I decided that I was going to do a live event online streaming of course i included them you might remember because there were actually two events you might remember that in may of 2020 which was uh, the 30th anniversary of my voice first having been heard on radio i had been planning a road show we'd been selling tickets and i was intending to go back out on the road as i had done in the prior two years picking new cities so i could meet potus listeners initially i had done it for my book, uh, Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right, American Life in Columns, it was successful. You know, small theaters, a couple of hundred people, always nice. Every event ran very smooth. TC was usually with me. It was a good time. So now, to celebrate my 30th anniversary, I wanted to do more storytelling. I developed a show. I was calling it Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started Talking. Tickets go on sale. COVID hits. For TC, do you remember, like, for a couple of days, maybe even for a few weeks, we thought, well, maybe the oh, show we hanging, hanging, we hanging, hanging on. We're hanging on, hanging on, hanging like, on. This thing will be, this thing will be over in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then, and then it became no. obvious that it wouldn't. And, no. and so, so now I've prepared the show. I have the material. What am I going to do? So I commandeered a historic playhouse near the community where I was born and raised, uh, was able to, recruit a childhood friend now a successful television director chris strand is his name we we truly had av class together in junior high school holly kong junior high school chris brings a new york crew into an empty playhouse in the suburbs of philadelphia and i record the show that i had intended to take out on the road we had there was there was no plan as to where you know the video we were recording was going to end up so my buddy Chris then creates a five-minute sizzle reel. 
And the first person outside of, you know, friends and family that I showed it to was Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN. And immediately he said to me, I'll give you an hour on a Saturday night in the summer. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. So CNN televised. It ended up being probably, you know, with commercials, probably like 40 minutes of what was a 90 minute show. But I was elated. And if nothing else ever came from that presentation, I'd have been thrilled, you know, to have had a portion of it air. Ah, now enter someone else, Joe Amaday a guy from the same county in which I was born and raised. I had met Joe. He has a company called Virgil Films, and he is able to get it placed with Hulu, which is why today you can still go to Hulu, say Smirconish into the clicker, and find Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started Talking, which is a 90-minute presentation that I recorded literally on my 30-year anniversary. That day, I was in the Playhouse recording it. So as we're getting close to the launch, we decide on air, right here on POTUS, hey, we should have like a red carpet for the streaming debut of the Hulu show. But of course, we couldn't get together because we were still in the midst of COVID. Do you remember, TC, we concocted this idea. Like, honest to God, we've done some fun stuff. We've really <laughs> seat of the pants created some fun stuff over the years. This is how it usually happens. You say, you know, we should do I have this blank. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the idea was we wanted people. This is my recollection. You tell yours when I'm finished. But mm. we wanted people to dress up. I was going to be in a tux. You were going to be in a gown. You were going to mm -hmm. be in your house. I was going to be in my house. And on, a, I think, a Saturday night, we were, like, inviting people to this streaming launch of the film on Hulu. Yeah, it was a virtual premiere party. A virtual and don't premiere forget, party. The other part of it was BYOB. Like drinks were involved and encouraged, or whatever you, it is you want to do in the comfort of your own home. And that's exactly what happened. People were dressed up. People had drinks. I, I can picture couples sitting next to each other on couches. I can picture, I mean, it was really, really something. And uh, in front of me on my screen at home, I had faces and faces and oh, faces yeah. and faces. Hundreds and, of little and, boxes. And, uh, they're coming and going. Yeah. Yes, hundreds of people were there yes. for it. I don't know if oh, it was yeah. thousands, but it was hundreds of, of listeners. For and sure. We, we all had a good time. We did. Okay. There's a, so, there's a classic screenshot that I recall of you uh, like laughing. I'm going to say maniacally. I think that's the correct word. I'd um, like there, to see it. There was champagne involved. I think the bottle might have been empty at that point. Definitely. It was definitely good, it was a great time okay so now the the website the websites merconish.com again this is my version it may be true the website is taking off and we're like hey let's do it again let's use the advertiser it went so well let's have another live event and we will invite newsletter subscribers. That's my recollection of it. In other words, like we put the link in the Smirconish.com newsletter. And if you were a subscriber, you got it. And if you weren't, then you didn't. And the incentive was to become a newsletter subscriber. I mean, what the hell? It's free and it's worthy. So we did it. Only this night, everything hit the fan. And it crashed. And we never, we never got off the ground. Like we never got off the ground. Oh, it was awful. And it was, it was so terrible. It was really embarrassing. And and I I just my heart broke for the advertiser. You know, my heart broke for the advertiser and 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 they're still in business and they're thriving from what I can understand. But like I've been there. So when I'm sitting on the patio last night 
I'm taking no glee in the fact that DeSantis's launch is a shit show. Instead, I'm thinking like there, but for the grace of God, actually not go I have gone I. Yeah, I've been there. I know what it's like. You know, I was looking for what was the date of that event. And so I, you know, I've talked here before about how I email my sister every single day. And I found an email from Thursday, April 15th, 2021, that I sent to Christy. And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, had a virtual cocktail party last night for registrants of the Smirconish newsletter, now over 50K. And the system was so overwhelmed, the video, then audio failed, and it was a total disaster. Couldn't make it work. Had to, had to ditch out. Wait, wait for this. Michael was beyond angry. Really ex- no, listen, listen. Really, listen to me. This is what I wrote. Really excited to go into the studio today oh dot 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 <laughs> oh my and then i God. wrote then i wrote to my sister wait are you registered it's really good and i sent her the link to sign up so i'm working for you <laughs> oh my god yeah that's what i wrote that's was what i, I wrote. Angry? really excited to go into the studio today dot, like now, dot, now dot. i'm now i'm very you know calm and uh reflective oh, no. and no my friend no, yeah no i was probably no, no. angry you were a little angry <laughs> yeah it's hard you know it's not when things go wrong technically it's not your fault but it's your face so what do you do you know that's the that's the hard part about being on radio and tv is that the shit happens yeah it happens always does listen you can go you can go on my youtube page right now and see the first time i was ever asked to host a show on cnn it's many years ago and it was talk back live in front of a live audience in Atlanta, Arthel Neville was the regular host, and I was brought in one day as a guest host, and for the first 30 or so seconds, I had a dead mic. I'm in front oh, of a no. live audience, oh, I'm God. on CNN International, and I know the mic isn't working, and I'm already sweating through my shirt, nervous mm. as hell, and like of all, the mic doesn't work. I'm on the, like in the most sophisticated technical environment in the world, and I've got right. a dead mic. You can you watch can't. it, and I just kept talking. I just kept talking. I always wondered, like maybe that was a test that they were just going to throw me in the deep end, but no, it was just a it was just a bad mic. Yeah. So that so that's what I was thinking last night as I'm scurrying, trying to listen to Twitter. Is it me? No, it's them. They're having an issue. You when had I, you had PTSD. Oh my you god, felt his pain. Absolutely, Gov. I, I felt your pain last night. I did. When we come back in a moment, I want to I want to talk about the political ramifications, if any, to what transpired last night. And, and then I will invite you to call the program. But I want to get some more things off my chest. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. I would much rather just tell you my war stories for this hour without without ever talking about the substance of DeSantis. Can I give you one more? Sure. Okay. So I was asking the audience, TC, but thank you. Oh. <laughs> uh, you'll remember this one, too. So years ago, I get invited to guest host Bill O'Reilly's Radio Factor. I never guest hosted his television program. I was sometimes a guest, but I was given the honor, and it was an honor for, uh, who's the syndicator? Westwood One, I think, I to think guest so. host his radio show. So sometimes I would go to New York City and do it from the Fox News building. But then after they were comfortable with me, and I did this for years, they would, like the technology, Dan understands it better than I do. The technology is just so much more sophisticated today. I can be anywhere with a good internet connection, and the audio will be just fine. But before we were where we are today, the methodology for me to remotely host O'Reilly's radio program is that they would ship to me a laptop in in a suitcase that looked like it was the nuclear football. And then we would connect that laptop, and through that laptop, we would do the show. I will never forget the day that I was in a Philadelphia radio studio. It was my normal customary studio. TC, this was the old joint. Sure. And our good friend, our, our engineer, Dave Scalish, was there. Wonderful guy. Phenomenal. For whatever reason, oh no! every time we went to commercial, we lost the connection. Every time we went to commercial. That's and then stressful. It would be restored, <laughs> but I, would, I wouldn't know somehow... Somehow you're getting cut loose only when you go to commercial. And that show was a, a two hour long show. And, and like it took me into the second hour until I finally realized, okay, Michael, you're going to lose the connection. When you come back, you'll, you'll be okay. It right. was so I, I mean, disconcerting. So unsettling. No. Oh I mean, my it's one God. thing if you know that's going to happen, but of course you don't and you have no reassurance. You don't know why it's happening. It's terrible. It's, it makes you like my, I'm sitting here with a stomach ache. That's what uh, I'm sitting here. I'm agita. literally sitting here with a stomach ache. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's oh. hard. It's hard enough. I know you don't think it's hard, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you just think that I, I, cause I hear from my friends like, oh, you sit on your ass and you talk for three hours a day. How hard can that be? It is hard to sustain. <laughs> thank you, Dan. I'm here all week. It is hard to sustain people's attention and interest, right? For, for three hours at a, at a pop. And if you've got technology working against you, it becomes impossible. Imp- Do you remember the live event with John McCain? TC? I- I seem to recall that the mic, he had he stood he a up. lavalier mic and then yeah. that failed and they gave yeah. him a handheld. And I think yes. that failed. Yes. <laughs> and you they never tested know. everything. They had tested everything. Right. And then it just all went, as soon as he got up. Oh, geez. Should I say something now about DeSantis? I mean, maybe. We're kindred spirits. By the end of the program, I could be endorsing him. <laughs> Jesus. So Mark Halpern, I love in Wide World of News how he always has like, here's what the loudmouth will say on Zoom today. 
And then here's what you ought to say. The loudmouth is going to say, if he can't launch a presidential campaign competently, how can he run the country? To which Mark says, political reporters need to have some humility. They have no idea how something they mock or applaud actually is received by real voters unless you've surveyed Iowa and New Hampshire citizens about how DeSantis's Wednesday night went. You can't really know if the launch worked or not. And then he gives a summary of the, the reaction. And, and yes, there are people who I think wishfully say that this is a reflection of Ron DeSantis's uh, level of competence or incompetence. I don't agree with that for all the reasons I've just told you. It reflects on Twitter spaces deficiencies. It reflects on their lack of preparedness, but not DeSantis. I mean, the rollout of Obamacare comes to mind. You remember that. You know, I was earnestly for 10 straight days trying to buy my family health care via the exchanges that Obamacare, the ACA, created. Was that a reflection of Barack Obama's competence? I don't think so. Was it embarrassing for his administration? To be sure. I mean, was was our fail for the big cocktail party for Smirconish.com a reflection of me? I don't think so. Listeners were gracious. Thank God we hadn't charged for the event, but nobody held me personally accountable. I felt I felt poorly for the advertiser. They, they were just totally overwhelmed. I agree with the observation that the launch is going to be remembered mostly for the glitch for this reason. And this is Ron DeSantis's fault because there was nothing else that he did or said that was memorable. When, when DeSantis finally did have an hour on Twitter spaces, when the event finally did get underway, it was too staid. He was too robotic. I then tuned into the Trey Gowdy interview on Fox at 8 PM and came to the same conclusion. So the long-term impact has more to do with Questions being raised about his retail politicking, something that we've talked about here in the past, wondering, you know, okay, he ran in Florida one by 20 points or so in in the reelection. But but does he have the chops to mix it up and be comfortable with people in Iowa and New Hampshire? And on that score, Philip Klein at National Review conservative publication, nailed it for me. Here's what he said. I, I could have written these words because I buy into them. In theory, one advantage of an unconventional announcement in a Twitter spaces conversation is its informality. It's more like a live, interactive podcast because one of the knocks on DeSantis is that he's too rehearsed and calculating. It could have offered DeSantis the opportunity to show his lighter side and in an unscripted environment to joke and to banter with the other participants. Instead, when called on at first, he launched into a standard stump speech. This had me thinking, if he was just going to give a stump speech, what is the point of doing Twitter spaces? How is it better to deliver an announcement via audio to silence as opposed to doing it in front of a massive crowd of thousands of supporters against a great backdrop in Florida? Or to put it another way, the event had all the disadvantages of an informal forum with none of the advantages. How he responds, I think, is going to be key. Is this going to throw him off rhythm? 
is this going to, I mean, is this going to hurt his mojo? That's really what I want. Can he make fun of it? He should have made fun of it. He he should have laughed about it. He should have lightened up. I mean, he he went on last night and like in a very stiff way said, well, we broke the Internet. Look, I mean, they, they had huge demand. I, I, what was it? 600 plus thousand people initially. And when they finally came back, they lost a lot of the audience, whatever it was. They had a lot of people dialed in. It was kind of funny. I don't know, gang, if, if any of you dialed in. I hope you did because I want to talk about it. But you could see other people. In other words, I, I, was, I recognized many names when initially I signed in and, and people would have seen my name. It was revealed who was dialed in according to your Twitter handle, which was really interesting. Is he going to be able to fundraise? You know, he raised a mill or two, I think, in the last 24 hours. It's too soon to know. Is he going to be able to improve his retail politicking if, in fact, that's a glass jaw of his? I, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's very hard to make a person personable who isn't. I have not seen enough of him yet. I'm not rendering a verdict and telling you that he's, what would the word be, impersonal, that he's lacking in, in the skill set necessary for retail politics. But now I have heightened concerns about his ability to do so. And, and something else that I'm wondering today, with a little bit of selfish uh, self-interest, because we have invitations out to Ron DeSantis. In fact, may I, may I kind of just issue this statement so that you know? We invite everybody. So as the presidential campaign is is about to get rolling and you will hear some presidential voices on this program, people who are running for the gig, you can rest assured that everybody gets invited. And those that I'll present to you are the ones that respond because I, I, I don't want to cut out anybody. I want them all. I'm all about having the conversation. It's funny when people try to hold me accountable for, oh, you interviewed that person. Yeah, I'm a conversationalist. What do you think I do for a living? That's what we do here. So, and that will continue. Um, but I want to know if DeSantis is going to get out of his bubble. Because something else that I, I noticed about the rollout, you know, Elon Musk is, is, is a friend. I, don't, I know that Musk hasn't endorsed him per se, but he wasn't going to get hurt in a Musk setting. Then it was Trey Gowdy. Then I think he did an interview with Mark Levin. I couldn't handle that. I didn't do that. I, I've got to get caught up on succession. I've, I've got like four more episodes to get caught up on my, on my you know, clawback of succession. I, I'm caught up on the show. I'm just watching for the second time. Is he going to get out of his bubble? Because today he's doing two more conservative talk radio outlets. Can he get away with that? Can any of them get away with it? Are the days over? I mean, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, to their credit, went on NBC after they announced. But I must say, it does gall me when you you get these. And, and I, I don't think it's the fault of the media outlets. I think it's the fault of the campaign. I'm, I'm assuming that everybody wants to have Ron DeSantis. And if he's only going to play in conservative waters because he thinks that he's not going to get treated fairly then I, I don't appreciate that and I don't approve of it. I, don't, I hope he can't get away with it. I hope none of them can get away with only politicking in front of friendly faces. So, yeah, it's not the technical glitch. He can't control it. I've been there. Maybe you've been there. 
it's how he now responds to it and what it says about him in terms of his skill set. That is the real significant. And, and, you know, if he remains stiff and stayed and stoic, then that's going to be the story, not the glitch. The glitch will just become symbolic of the launch of the campaign. Finally, best response. I have to say this best response that I saw uh, last night was the Biden campaign response. Absolutely the best. This link is not broken. And it was a, 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 a link to fundraising for Biden-Harris. This link, I think that was the wording of it. This link is not broken. Like, come here. Very funny, very much on the fly. And I thought that was, that was really amusing. What to make of the Ron DeSantis launch? The poll question today at Smirconish.com, is it a sign of his strength? Because so many people were there? Or was it just a shit show? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Well, uh, TC and Dan, I see that there are no calls, so I'll just have to keep telling my stories. There are two, there are calls. Huh? I don't see any calls. Yes, I don't see any calls, calls. so I have to tell you another one. Can I tell okay. you another one? You may, or should I take some please. calls? And then you can go to calls. No, I, I just thought of another one that is like the story of all ages in terms of, of electronic fail, but I'll include some callers and then I'll tell you. Uh, David, you're in Cincinnati relative to Ron DeSantis last night. What did you want to say? Oh, look at that. We just had a fail on that call. Dan, you're going to have to pull him up. Okay, let me, uh, David, let me get in, Look at that. Look what just happened. Oh, yes, Kismet. yes, yes, yes. There you go. There's yep, David. There we go. Hi, David. Greetings. Hi. So, hey, um, so what I was going to say is that um, I think that a large of the media is just going to uh, push this up as a big failure. And I think a large part of why they're wanting to do that is just um, – because they, they're scared shitless of Ron DeSantis actually making it through this primary and beating Donald Trump. It is much more favorable to Biden. 
and the political left if Donald Trump is the nominee for the Republican Party. I don't think he can win the general. I voted for him in 2020. I won't vote for him in 2024. I won't vote for Joe Biden in 2024. I, my list was either Vivek, DeSantis, or RFK Jr., I am an independent. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. What a diverse, what a diverse list that is. Isn't it? Yeah. Like I said, but because it is, like I said, I just, a part of where my leanings are with everything. I, there's different things I'd like and dislike about all of them, but I don't think Donald Trump, Donald Trump just needs to retire, go off into the sunset and I wish him a good life. I don't wish anything bad for him or Biden. Listen to, to your (laughs) point are some, are some jolly stomping on DeSantis because they don't like him and they're, they're taking glee from this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that is, that is what taking uh, t- taking place in some quarters. Bill, you're in St. Louis. What are you thinking today? Yes. Good morning, Michael. Uh, I just wanted to say it seems like there's a lot of negative going on about DeSantis, and I agree with that first caller. I think a lot of people are afraid of him. I think this country needs some leadership. This guy's got all the credentials. He'll lighten up as the race goes on. But I think focus on the good, positive things about it and uh and try to look for the future i think uh we've got to our, we've got to pull this country together it's very important thank you but Bill. I enjoy I... your show also mike and god bless you uh and you thank you for that i appreciate it yes yes tc i did say that what, what what's what's with the folding of the hands what is your deal i'm blessing i'm just blessing don't make fun of me how dare you uh matt is in uh santa monica matt what's your tech fail story my tech sales story is having to listen to half an hour of your tech sales story. Okay, like, what are you just being an ass, or or is that a funny thing, or what? Okay, you know what? This is what was his name? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Now I'm telling you another one. <laughs> That's your punishment. And by the way, whoever that guy was, I'm never going to listen again. He's listening. So this is for you, buddy. Here it comes. So about 15 years ago, Ted Nugent comes to Philadelphia. And and we we then we were we were then speaking, TC. We were then speaking. You and Ted. Yeah. So, you and Uncle Ted, if my, so, if my recollection is correct. So Ted invites me over to his hotel room for an interview. He's performing that night in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I take liberal Paul, my partner in crime with me. And we, it was on Rittenhouse square. It's no longer a hotel. They converted it into it. Actually, I want to be precise for Philly people, you know, park, the restaurant parks, a fabulous place. Yeah. So above park where there are now apartments, there were then hotel rooms. Okay. It was kind of a funky place. So I go into Ted's uh, unit and he's got a kitchenette in it and it's 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 pretty nice. And I sit down with Paul, very old school, pre smartphone. I have with me, Dan will appreciate a cassette recorder. So and a microphone probably given to me by Dave Scalish, as a matter of fact. So I turn on the cassette recorder and I begin to interview Ted and we're 10 minutes into the interview and I look at the floor He was in stocking feet, as I recall, stocking feet and a pair of cowboy boots were like off to the side. (laughs) Just trying to paint a picture for you. The tape from the cassette recorder has completely unspooled and is laying adjacent to his feet. 
So we've been speaking for 10 minutes and there's just tape all over the floor. Now, what do I do? What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to tell him, Ted, we got a problem. Nothing has gone. Am I going to bluff? Am I going to just bluff and try and gather up the tape and, and, you know, scurry out of there with my tail between my legs? I sat there probably for 60 seconds trying to decide how to handle it while he was talking on and on and on. So I decide I got to tell him, I tell him, and his reaction is to, is to reach into his waistband. This is a true story and pull out some kind of an enormous weapon and to point it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. No, no, you mean an actual weapon. You mean oh, yeah. an actual. Okay. I, I would like to tell you it was like it was like Dirty no, no, Harry, no. a forty-four Magnum, but I don't know what it was. It was, it okay, was. Michael, recognize when you say someone reaches into their waistband and pulls out an enormous weapon. That's not the first thing that comes to mind. He it was pulls an actual out, gun, ladies and pulls gentlemen. Pulls out an Thank enormous you. gun and points it at the cassette recorder. And I, I don't know. I'd have to ask Paul. Paul remembers more things than I do. I think it but was he's, a Glock. He says something like, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? As if, should I blow up the machine? He could not have been more gracious. There was no, I had no other cassette. I have no other option to record the interview. So that night was the show night. And he said, okay, Paul is now texting me. He says it was a Glock. He says it was a Glock. So uh, he says to very graciously, look, just, you know, after the show, come into my dressing room and we'll record it there. And that's what we did. Okay, now I made the mistake of telling the story the following day on radio. I'm not syndicated. I'm not on Sirius XM. I'm on I'm on the AM band. And I tell the story to a Philly, a large I I can say with humility, a large Philly audience. Somebody writes about it in a gossip column. It may have been Michael Klein. It may have been Stu Bykovsky, but somebody it's a, you know, it warrants a mention of my funny story of what happened with Ted Nugent. Lynn Abraham, the tough cookie, good friend, loved her, was the district attorney of Philadelphia. Now somebody puts it on her radar screen because you weren't allowed to be packing heat if you were a visitor to Philadelphia. Are you following all this? So the thing like takes on a life of its own. And now you've got people who are who are telling Lynn she's got to prosecute Ted Nugent all because of the tape fail that I had in his hotel room above the park restaurant. There's another one of my fails. So I've got the CNN launch, the cocktail party on streaming, the O'Reilly radio show, the T1 lines and Ted Nugent. And I'm just and I'm just getting warmed up. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? 
At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.